Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. You know, it's funny. I've been seeing a lot of these ads for this uh, big OJ special last night. Did OJ confess the lost tapes or something like that? And, you know, is this like Geraldo going into Al Capone's vault? Is this all going to be a big nothing burger? What, what, what is what is going on here? There's been such a renewed fascination in the OJ Simpson case. I think part of it is just kind of maybe 90s nostalgia. Like we remember when this was like the biggest thing in the world. And maybe we, we long for a simpler time where something like that would be the biggest thing in the world. This era before 9-11 and before smartphones and social media. Where you still had to turn on the TV to find out what was going on in the world. That infamous Bronco chase where you know, virtually everyone on the planet was watching in real time. But the heart of it all is still a murder, a double murder. And a very high-profile athlete who was charged with that murder, and in the minds of many, got away with murder. So ultimately, it is a really disturbing story. So I I knew that this was going to air last night. This was an interview that O.J. Simpson did way back in 2006. And you might remember the controversy at the time because he had written a book that was supposed to come out. The interview was going to be in conjunction with that. Where he was describing a hypothetical and the book was called if i did it and people were kind of outraged like you're going to almost essentially confess to this murder and you're going to sign a book deal and make all this money i mean people were just really really turned off understandably so so the whole thing was was scuttled and this interview's kind of just sat on the shelf since then so there's been a renewed interest you know it was um uh, the, the documentary, the 30 for 30 documentary on, on the case, and then there was that whole the little mini-series they, they made dramatizing all of it. There's, yeah, so, I mean, it seemed like a good time to go dig up this interview and slap it on TV. Is there anything there? So I hadn't planned on watching this. It just so happened that um, it was a quiet evening. My wife was on the phone. Uh, the kids were doing whatever. It's me on the couch, beer in hand. Okay, well, this OJ thing's on. I'm too lazy to find anything else. Let's see what this is all about. And there's kind of a slow buildup to sort of the the heart of the matter here, what people are interested in. But it is really surreal watching OJ. And you can sort of see why prior to all of this, he was such a beloved figure, a really charismatic guy. So he talks about his relationship with Nicole and how they were on and again, off again. And it's all really self-serving, right? Really paints him as uh, such a nice guy and now he's always going out of his way to do this and do that and nothing's being reciprocated and he's just got everybody's best interest in mind and he's just getting a raw deal all over the place. So they get to the night of the murders. And so again, this is kind of what everyone's tuning in to see. And it was really, it was, I think, more shocking than I, I really expected it to be. And it's not something you would really ever see where you've got someone who's got away with murder, at least as far as the legal system's concerned, doing a television interview where they're basically confessing to it. And it's done in the most surreal way. At least according to one of OJ's attorneys at the time, 
OJ wanted to confess, but also wanted some kind of deniability for when it came to dealing with his kids. And this was the really weird way he came up with. So here's OJ Simpson describing what he says is a hypothetical scenario as to how the night of the murders might have unfolded if he had been there. But does this sound like a thought experiment to you, or does this sound like a guy confessing to murder? The hypothetical is... Uh, Charlie. Uh, uh, Charlie. <laughs> uh, this guy, Charlie, shows up. The guy who I had recently become friends with. And uh, I don't know why you had been by Nicole's house, but it told me you wouldn't believe what's going on over there. And, uh, and I remember thinking, well, whatever's going on over there has got to stop, right? So we kind of hooked up together, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of broad-stroking this. We go over, get into Bronco and go over. Let, let's just go back and do the details. Where did you I park? I the detail. You park in, in the hypothetical, in the alley. Right. You park in the alley. Yeah. And you put on a wool cap and gloves. Uh, in the hypothetical, I put on a cap and gloves. Right. Yeah. And... Um, you reached under the seat for um, a knife. I always kept a knife in the car for the crazies and stuff because you can't travel with a gun. And I remember Charlie saying, you ain't bringing that. And I didn't, right? But I believe he took it. Charlie took the knife? Yeah. In the book. Yeah. Yes. So the back gate, you go through the back gate? Yes. And it was open or broken or? I don't recall. Okay. I go to the front, and I'm looking to see what's going on. Um, and I can see that it appears. Like, Nicole had, I had candles all the time. She really did to keep her overhead down, I think. And music was on, and uh, while I was there, a guy shows up. You know? So Ron Goldman comes in the back gate. Yeah, a, a guy that I really didn't recognize. I, I may have seen him around, but I really didn't recognize him to be anyone. And... Uh, and I, in the mood I was in, I started having words with him. He says to you, I just came by to return a pair of glasses. Judy left them at the restaurant. Yeah, words to that effect, yes. And, and uh, he was I don't on... know if I believe it or didn't believe it. Uh, it was pretty much immaterial because, you know, uh, I was more concerned about everything that, that, everything that was going on. You know, and uh, was uh, fed up with it, I guess. And uh, you get into a fight. Nicole comes out. And verbal, a verbal, a verbal fight. fight. Got a little loud, and by that time, uh, uh, Nicole had come out, and we started having words about who is this guy, why is he here, what's going on. And, and she says, "This is my house. Get that the f out yeah, of here." Yes, and. Uh, which I didn't like because, once again, this is the same person. And if you read the book, you'll see some things that happened in the two weeks leading up to this that were uh, very, very irritating. You know, uh, and I think Charlie had followed this guy in, one make sure it was no problem. And he brought the knife. As things got heated, uh, I just remember Nicole fell and hurt herself. And uh, this guy kind of got into a karate thing. And I said, well, you think you can kick my ass? And I remember I grabbed the knife. I do remember that portion, taking the knife from Charlie. And to be honest, after that, I don't remember. Except I'm standing there and there's all kind of stuff around. And um, um, 
what kind of stuff? Blood and stuff around. You know, we, you know, I hate to say this, but this is hypothetical. I'm right, sorry. Right. I know we got to back up again. Right. It's <laughs> okay. Know, I want to back this up. This is hard. This is this hard. Is hard. To, I know. I want to back up to try to make people think that I'm. A, no. <laughs> You wrote in the book, I had never seen so much blood in my life. Mm, yes. Covered, you're covered, the scene. Can you describe yeah, it? I, I, it's hard for me to describe it, I'm telling you. I don't think any two people could be um, murdered the way they were without everybody being covered in blood. And of course, I think we've all seen the grisly pictures after. So, yeah, I think everything was covered, would have been covered in blood. I mean, that's just, that's just stunning. That, to me, is a guy describing what happened when he murdered these two people. And it all seems to fit into this broader narrative in his mind where he's trying to make, almost make people understand why he did it, which is really creepy. And, you know, just, just randomly, the, the laughter that creeps in there, uh, that's disturbing, too. Again, if you're making up a hypothetical scenario... If someone says to you, here's uh, an event that happened, make up a story where you're there that day and describe what, what happens. You wouldn't have gaps. You wouldn't say, I can't remember what happened at that moment or I blacked out at that moment. I mean, you would only say those things if it had actually happened, if you were actually there. You know, the poor says, you know, I took up the knife and I took the knife and I do remember that part. He says, and then I just kind of blacked out. And when I came to, there was blood everywhere. I don't know. That does not sound like somebody describing a hypothetical. In a way, it's all a moot point now. You can be charged again. He already beat the rap. He's already gone through the civil lawsuits. He's done time for other matters. Maybe it's not quite the karma everyone thought that, that he deserved, but he certainly uh, has reaped some of that, I think, over the years. But yeah, that, that sounds like a guy who wants to get it off his chest or wants somehow people to understand why he would have done it, which is really horrifying. So, yeah, it certainly lived up to its billing, this, this whole event of did O.J. confess, because it certainly sounds like he did. Now, O.J. didn't make any money off this broadcast last night, and obviously Fox did. Now, certainly they... Tried to handle it respectfully, and there were a lot of PSAs that aired during this broadcast uh, for women who might be suffering from domestic abuse and these kinds of things where they can go for help. But still, and it's a little cynical, too, because Fox decided that of all nights to air this, they're going to air it up against American Idol, which used to be on Fox, is over at ABC. And wouldn't Fox look silly if American Idol got big numbers on ABC? So, hey, let's try to steal some viewers. That seems a little cynical. But in terms of somebody at the center of a high-profile murder, confessing on video to that murder, that certainly has, I think, some um, some value. And I think is of the public's uh, interest. 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.